0: If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at Your sponsorship may be tax-deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. Howdy-do. This is Peter McAllister, the father. I'd like a hotel room, please, with an extra-large bed, TV, and one of those little refrigerators you have to open with a key. Credit card, you've got it. It's just another Home Alone 2 reference.
1: You never run out, do No, you?
0: well, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, oh. you know, I was just in the shower, and I was like, you know what? I, you, you never run out. Well, I think the bigger surprise is the fact that I was in the shower.
1: Because you really haven't showered in... Since October. Okay.
0: Which is just a month that you can discern from a calendar which is just a diagram of dates again again this is you're reaching listen yeah. <laughs> listen you have to recycle for the for the benefit of the environment there you go okay all right i'm, I'm doing this for al I'll take gore it. yeah i'll take and it and his lockbox sure okay you'll take anything i give you won't you
1: not anything.
0: Well, this just took a turn for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of January. The year is 2020. Glad you could be with us. Across the way, as always, our producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean.
1: More oblique, not across.
0: I have an oblique right here.
1: Like so I'm like sort of, you know, at an angle.
0: Okay. So
1: But I'm I'm doing good.
0: Oh, uh, you're doing well. Grammar.
1: I'm doing good well. Well good.
0: <sighs> the grammar Nazi in me yeah. is <laughs> I've been a bad grammar Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can find us on the interwebs at OSATFoundation.org or our email address is podcast at Social media is Facebook.com slash Twitter and Instagram are at OSIP Hashtag how you play the game. Uh, a huge thank you to all of our listeners. We were checking out our statistics recently and saw a major spike in the last month in in listeners and people who were downloading the show. So a major thank you goes out to all of you who have been taking the time to listen to the show and whatnot great yeah we we really do appreciate it and it's because of you that we do what we do um you know we kind of self-reflect within osip sometimes as to why we do this in general and uh it's it's very helpful to know that there are people out there who for lack of a better term will consume this podcast who who take the time to to listen to it and to think about it and react to it and whatnot. And, you know, even though we, we may not see interaction with people per se, you know, on the internet or anything like that. uh, Just the fact that we can gauge the statistics of people who were listening. uh, It does mean a lot. So we want to thank you all for, for doing this. You, you make our jobs that much more meaningful when we do this. Um, Yep. You know, as we, as we continue into 2020, I thought that, uh, kind of an interesting, interesting thing to do to kick off the, uh, the new year is to take a moment to examine other people and profile them from the standpoint of what they're doing to further the same cause. You know, as we, as, as we kind of look at OSIP from the standpoint of what is it that we do and why do we do it? Um, you can kind of see similarities in a lot of other groups across this great land, and even throughout the world, um, that that promote the same thing. You know, they are they are trying to make a difference in one way or another through the uh, the methods and the and and the delineation that they see fit. They've all been um, inspired in a way to. Uh, to try and make a change to the culture within the you know the the small uh, segment that they see the the need for it in their own way. For example, we've got uh, we, we've got a, an interview coming up soon with with a lady who started a group uh, to help officials specifically. You know, whereas with with OSIP, we're kind of we're a bit more broad in all of the facets. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as I was kind of researching this a bit more. I stumbled across uh, a story about a young boy who started his own sportsmanship nonprofit out in Arizona. Great. Uh, it has since folded because the kid was 10 years old and now he's in college and he says he wants to focus on other things. But mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that uh, he, 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 he did this is a testament to the fact that there are people out there who want to, to, to see change. They're, they're sick and tired of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the young man's name is Brendan Hugastager, uh, I believe, if I'm, I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, there was, a, there was a, a situation where this young man, uh, when he was uh, 10 years old, uh, had a bad experience in the handshake line of a fifth and sixth grade hockey game. Uh, his team lost by a lot, and the kids on the winning team refused to shake their hands. And no one on the other team, not the parents, not the coaches, took the time to correct them for being sore winners. Um, the fact the fact that he was appalled by this at such a young age uh, kind of moved him to do something about it. Uh, He could have started playing with a chip on his shoulder, uh, taking frustration out on other teams. And uh, instead, he started a group called Good Sports Rock. Okay. Okay. And what he did was he visited sports expos and events to talk about the importance of keeping your cool and apologizing when you lose it. Um, He set up booths to uh, sell the bracelets that he helped design, uh, which included two hands reaching for a handshake. Mm. Uh, In the roughly five years that the group existed, uh, he estimated that he sold about a 1,000 bracelets and donated at least a $1,000 of, pr- of the proceeds to Special Olympics Arizona, uh, and he justified that by saying that such a group exemplified the spirit of good sportsmanship. Great, right? Yeah. Um, he uh, started high school at Brophy College Preparatory, which is when he decided to fold the organization. Uh, he is now a uh, freshman at University of Arizona, Um. But he continues to kind of pass on the message uh, that you know these these small things ha- have a have a major impact. Um, you know he he probably would have never come to this realization without sports, uh, his parents, his grandparents, his teachers. Uh, you know these small things have such a positive impact. I'm getting a lot of this information from. Uh, an article by uh, Joanna Allhands from the Arizona Republic, which was uh, published on December 26th. Uh, So I want to make sure I give her credit for that. And basically, I mean, I don't know about you, Sean, but you you can read this a couple of different ways, and I think the best way to read it is to realize that when it comes to this sort of fight, we're all in it together. I think it's very easy to to get to get frustrated sometimes and be like, you know what, we're not making a difference. We're not we're not going anywhere. This we're just, we keep falling flat on our face. Uh, why do we keep doing this? And here's another example of a kid who who did this and made a difference as a result of it. You know, and it's inspiring to see that there are other people who do this in, in whatever way that they can.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because you could see how it's sort of an introspective in how the slightest little act of sportsmanship or lack thereof can affect people differently. Someone might brush it off. Another person might start an organization because of it. Um, We started, uh, well you started OSIP Jack because of Brian Stowe right and the issue with with the was it the World Series no it was opening day opening day yeah and you know being inspired as terrible as that was it was sort of the seed
0: it to was, start it was the tipping point I right. think you know I guess yeah tipping point yeah, is a better word you for see it. this a lot and that that sort of incident just kind of was a, It happened. I don't want to say it happened at the right time because that comes off at the right the wrong way. I think, mm-hmm. but it was it was it was the message was given to me in in the proper setting to allow me to realize that I had had enough of it and that I needed to do something about this. Yeah, and here we are. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's it it mirrors what uh what Brendan did here is that mm-hmm. you know at at the age of ten he realized that what he had just experienced was not okay. Um, and, and I, and I think another interesting point to raise about this is that it takes courage to, to take a stand in any way. And, and taking a stand does not necessarily mean, uh, you know, doing something very vocal, uh, doing something demonstrative. Um, It simply means just having the ability and the courage to set a boundary to say that what i have just experienced or perceived is not okay and 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 to have the motivation to say i need to try and correct this in whatever way that i can that that greatly affects me and that can go a number of different ways and i think that you know, for stories like Brendan or, or, or us at Osip, you know, there it's kind of on the far end of the spectrum in that we have started organizations to try and, and and fix this, you know. I think on a on a scale that has a lot more people in it, there are people who can do just the small little things and they're they're almost afraid or they don't know how to do those things. I can think of multiple situations and I can relate to some of these situations where you witness uh, an incident of poor sportsmanship and either you don't know how to fix it or you're afraid to fix it. And I'm not saying that from a detrimental standpoint as if to judge these people. I think it's better to embrace the fact that as human beings, we're not entirely sure sometimes how to react. I think we, we, we freeze or we you know well, it's the fight, fight or flight, flight. yeah you know, fight flight freeze yeah. you know you either freeze or you you flight you mm-hmm. you you run from it you know not everybody has the ability to, to to stand and you know and and fight it uh and 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 we need to embrace that as a normal human reaction as opposed to a judgment as to say we we should have done something about that mm-hmm. um and 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 i think that that's an important thing to realize you know we have we have to realize that otherwise we're not we're not going to get anywhere and that's a problem I think with many things in life is that we 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 come to these these judgments as if like if we didn't do something or if we reacted a certain way we're a bad person for right. reacting that way and the fact of the matter is that that couldn't be and only from the a
1: Sif deals in absolutes.
0: It, thank you. Uh, now that we have completely gone the other way, I've done Home Alone. You've done Star Wars. Can we find anything else that we can do in the middle here? We'll find something. We'll find it. All right. Good,
1: but I think I think the bigger the bigger um, takeaway from this is that it's not so much like you said, being demonstrative or going out there and you know being the lo- hoping to be the loudest voice because that's just a small fraction of it, right? And not everybody has that personality. What the key takeaway here, and we've said this numerous times, is just awareness. Right. And, you know, just sportsmanship, as I see it, it affects those around you, but it can also affect the self, the inner, your inner voice, your inner being. And I think a lot of people kind of forget that because, and we've we've talked about this too. We talked about sportsmanship within different degrees of contest, whether it be a team sport, but it also applies to the individual. Um, you know, a great example I can think of is,
0: you know, I like to golf. I need to do more of that with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know... <laughs> You're really competing against yourself. Right. And the moment you get angry and you let that anger leave and you you project it outwards, not only are you going to play more poorly, but you are hurting yourself mentally and you are sort of spiraling. And I've, I've golfed with people who... Have really poor tempers, and it does affect other people.
0: It's almost like a like a Happy Gilmore thing, right?
1: But 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 yeah. But in all seriousness, it it is you're your own worst. You can be your own worst enemy, right? And there is such a thing as sports internal sportsmanship, where you can really affect how you play. By the way, you're acting towards yourself.
0: Do you remember there was a there was a brief clip on Family Guy about this actually, where Peter, Joe, Quagmire, and Cleveland go golfing. Yeah. And Quagmire is a terrible sport. He hits mm. a bad shot and he starts cursing up a storm mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it got to a point where I think Joe even said to him, you know, Quagmire, it's not a lot of fun to golf when you when you're like this way. And Quagmire says something back like, You want fun, go get a monkey. And Cleveland's like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Quagmire's like, "I don't even know." Boy, we got a gorgeous day for this today, don't we? Yeah, you know? right. But but that you just said it right there is that that what you just said encapsulates the idea that you even in a game of individual competition like mm-hmm. that you have the ability with you know through poor sportsmanship to take away from other people and to harm yourself and to harm yourself. Yeah, which which was perfectly encapsulated in just this one. Moment of animation, yeah. You know, so you
1: know, like I, like I, like I had said, and and we'll we'll circle back to uh, Brendan that sometimes it takes this a spark um, that you realize within yourself to say, yeah, something needs to happen, and it all starts with the individual, and you have to sort of admit to yourself. Yeah, maybe I can learn more. And that's really that's really a big part of growing, isn't it? Just
0: constantly learning. I think, to circle back to Brendan, one of the big things that I, I took from this, this discussion of what he did was that his message was not necessarily to prevent poor sportsmanship, but rather... To realize that when you display poor sportsmanship, how you can rectify it, which I think is incredibly important because if you don't include that, you're setting an expectation to say that you have to be a certain way and there's no room for fault, there's no room to make a mistake, there's no room for the human element there. And the you know the way i interpret this is to say you're going to make mistakes and that's okay it's how you react to those mistakes mm-hmm. where we can learn the most and become better as a result of it even you know if you pull it back a little bit you you might say you're going to get frustrated you're going oh, to yeah. you're going to be upset. You know, you're going to either get really upset when your team loses. You, me? you
1: remember me at trivia? Yes. Oh you know, <laughs> my God, the chairman of the board, ladies and gentlemen. I got
0: I got so pissed. <laughs> because what was it? True consequences? Yeah, yeah. I was
1: in the moment and I lost myself. But then I realized, okay, yeah, this is I
0: gotta take it a step back. Right.
1: And I'm the chairman. Right. Of the Osip Foundation, you know, so anyone can make a mistake.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and
1: it's in, and you kind of have to take a step back, right? And look at it. And I mean, now we can sort of laugh oh, absolutely. about the situation. And you
0: have to you have to, you know, but
1: but but you got to take a step back and not take life so seriously. Right.
0: And I think, and, and you see now, you <clears throat> made an even better point there in that you have the ability to laugh at it. In that you've brought it to the forefront, and we we joke about it now, mm-hmm. you know, we it, it doesn't hold the weight of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there are plenty of times when we we hold on to things like that. Because they, you know, they need to be discussed or they mm-hmm. need, to, you know, or, or maybe it's still so sensitive in a way, you know, people are ashamed of it. And we have to respect that, too. If you had told me that you were ashamed of that moment, I think, you know, it, it, it would it would put, shed a different light on it. Because mm-hmm. then I have to say, OK, I'm not going to bring this up because it's right. sensitive to him. <clears throat> he knows he made a mistake. Right. And, you know, and and that in itself is good sportsmanship. Exactly. Budget. Exactly, you know,
1: realizing <clears throat> realizing that situation, right, and how to address it, right, and mm-hmm. how to recover from it. Exactly, if you, if you interpret it the wrong way,
0: right, right. Rather than constantly, like, for example, even making an example out of you, I feel mm-hmm. like could be poor sportsmanship. You right. know, like you and I can joke about it now, but if imagine if we were sitting around a board meeting mm-hmm. and we kept talking about poor sportsmanship, and I kept going back to that example right. when you didn't have. The, the mental capacity to say it's a joke I get it mm-hmm. you know you didn't hold on to it the same right. way be, for for whatever reason that in itself would be poor sportsmanship right. because of a lack of a respect for that boundary
1: right and we're bringing it to the forefront now because we could we can both laugh at it and realize that it you know all as facetious as it may seem now it's an example right and you know we can we can sort of use that. As somewhat of a as somewhat of a cautionary cautionary tale, right. but but how you can recover from it and make the best of it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think it's also important to note that even if the opposite had held true, uh, there would still be no judgment. Because at least from my perspective, if you had told me that you were severely embarrassed by that and that I needed to be much more. Uh, you know, I needed to be sensitive to your embarrassment about that rather than kind of like think like, oh, you're stupid for not realizing it's a joke. I think it's it's equally as important to, to see that from your perspective, you you care so deeply about this, that it's OK to feel a sense of embarrassment mm-hmm. and that we have to respect that and allow you to experience that. However, it is that, you know, and let you kind of work through it at your mm-hmm. own pace um that's equally as important there, there can't be judgment there as a result of that i mean i can i can project myself into a situation where if i lost my cool in a similar way as someone who started osip it's very possible that i would react you know in a way that said i am embarrassed i am ashamed that i reacted in such a way in public uh because i hold myself to a to a higher standard and i think that to do that would ultimately i mean it, you, we can't say that one is right and one is wrong like the way that you reacted and the way that i reacted to similar situations you know would be you know not one's not right and one's not wrong they're both acceptable because they both have an uh, like an altruistic theme about them you know you have the ability to take from it that you know we have the ability to step back we can laugh from it and so on and so forth and in my projected example where I say no this isn't okay what I did was wrong and I am ashamed of it and whatnot. Um, you kind of have to internalize it. Exactly exactly it's very similar to um, you know I see a lot of arguments about people who make mistakes and. Uh, you know and and how people you know and how they have to you know pay some sort of penalty for that mm-hmm. and then how people are judged as a result of that moving forward in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. um, there's always going to be you know the setting is always going to be a little bit different i think as a result uh, of the circumstances but to I I, kinda, I mean I, and I absolutely hate to use this example, but it's something that that I I, I have experienced through my own family. You know, my father being a, a criminal defense attorney was very, very uh, vocal about his opposition to Megan's law and not from the standpoint of saying that uh, you know pedophiles are, you know, it's it's being made up. They're being falsely accused or anything like that. It was more from the standpoint of saying that uh, if his clients, who are uh, people who were indicted on charges of um, of of you know having you know molesting children, etc., cetera, uh, are found guilty and a penalty is imposed, it is unconstitutional to make that. Stigma follow them around for the rest of their life. And again, this is all his interpretation as a legal professional This is Mm -hmm. not meant to not meant to be portrayed as anybody's opinion. I'm just trying to restate uh, You know the 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 general argument that I think was portrayed Mm -hmm. Um, You know and I think that that kind of a template we 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 copy and paste, if you will, to other places in life. Uh, in sports, if someone is a cheater, you know, if someone uses steroids or something like that, if they serve a penalty, do we then uh, judge them following the serving of said penalty? I think that in that type of a situation, we might be able to say, like, listen, you know, they failed a drug test. Uh, I don't think it's fair that you know, they are elected into the Hall of Fame because their numbers um, clearly were tainted and, and, and they don't deserve that recognition. But to then say, like, you know, oh, we shouldn't sign him because we don't think that he can be productive when he's not on the juice, you know, is, is that a step too far? Is it a step too far to say that, okay, a, uh, a player was suspended due to alleged domestic violence? Uh, they serve their penalty as per the, the, the consequences. Does that player need to follow, you know, have that, that, that quote unquote crime uh, follow them for the rest of their careers where they're not going to get, you know, the contracts that they might deserve? You know, um, we look at, I mean, look at the Yankees right now. With you know, Aroldis Chapman was suspended for that a couple of years ago, and Domingo Herman is now suspended for that, and he'll be serving a sixty-three game suspension uh, at the beginning of the twenty twenty season. When in the in you know in the in criminal court, no charges were filed, but the investigation of the situation uh, showed that there was an alleged uh, attempt of where he uh, slapped his girlfriend, and as a result of that, the investigation provided evidence that was sufficient to the commissioner to uh, issue such a penalty and to also have that penalty also include uh, anger management, donations to charitable organizations and, and so on and so forth. So do we now as a society need to judge Herman for the rest of his career and or life as a result of this incident, much in the same way that we need to judge somebody for, Reacting in a manner of poor sportsmanship when they either show remorse or they can uh, You know, you know apologize for it and learn from it and grow from from it You know, I think th- I think those are those are some deep philosophical questions that we have to ask as a result of this kind of a And thing. it
1: really depends on the individual, you know. Right. You know Fortunately, we all have We all have our own minds but we all have free will. We all have free will. We all have our own decisions to make, but unfortunately there's that mob mentality where, <clears throat> you know, you, you impugn someone's reputation just because they slip up once for the rest of their lives. And, um, it's not so much the fact that they're impugning the reputation It's the fact that if you hear something third hand, you're just going to automatically assume some people just automatically assume that they're guilty or that, Oh, they did this. So they are going to do this forever and there's no coming back from it. And well, you weren't there. You don't know, you know, so that's, and that's not to get too much into the weeds with this, but that's the problem with social
0: media. That's a problem with you know. Absolutely, it's it's,
1: you know one that one. Someone says some a third-hand account of something, and then someone else sees it and just reads a sentence and says, "Oh, I believe that too." All of a sudden, without any forethought, without any research, without any you know, without any really guidance on the situation, they just automatically that knee-jerk reaction just because someone they know said something that happened to some someone else that they heard through like it's it's not even a grapevine right it is
0: it is picking shoes from opinion to opinion right you know there's 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 a lack of facts there and we, I mean, I could take the next step and say, look at that in the standpoint of politics and the media and the twenty-four hour mm-hmm. news cycle and whatnot. And again, this isn't meant to take sides or anything with that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, I think we could we could slate chapter and verse uh, on on both sides of the proverbial aisle, where the general public would come up with opinions and conclusions as a result of. What you just said, rather than taking the time to research an issue and think about it independently of a a political party or ideology, right. You're, we're already behind the eight ball with that because we're in a system where we have to elect officials to act on our behalf, rather than uh and and, and entrust them. To make decisions mm-hmm. that we feel are best, right. uh, and and we don't know what goes into their mind. They right. could be they could be talking out of one side of their mouth, and then you know, and everything, or I guess talking out of both sides of their mouth, and that one mm-hmm. side says, "Well, I'll do this," and then in reality, they do the exact opposite. Right, and we we don't give them the opportunity to change their mind. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you know they might change their mind for good or for bad, depending upon our position and our opinion
1: and our perspective.
0: Exactly. So we then judge them, thinking, "Well, they betrayed my trust." Right. You know, it's kind. It's very similar to how we put professional athletes on a pedestal, mm-hmm. and when we they screw up and do something that we think that they shouldn't do, you know, you betrayed my trust. I thought you were a better person than that. They're a human being, you know, we're Mm -hmm. all human beings. We all are equally as prone to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And to circle back to Brendan here, the idea is that we embrace humanity. We embrace the idea that we are going to make mistakes or that we have the potential to make mistakes and say it's not the fact that we make the mistakes. It's how we react to those mistakes, you know. Uh, and and give ourselves the opportunity to change and to grow uh, and 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 to evolve. You know, it, you can't paint this stuff black and white. Yeah, it, it it is ever evolving and is always a different shade of gray.
1: You know, to kind of go back to the whole um, making light of a of a bad example of sportsmanship to the point where you know it, it can be facetious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I always use this as an example. Uh, when Phil Wellman blew up in the AAA the the, the Braves
0: uh, minor to, league affiliate yeah. with the with the hand grenade that yeah. was the rosin bag and I whatnot. mean yeah.
1: that was just I mean I would I, and I admit it I would post that on my Facebook page year after year and, and I'd be like baseball season's coming. It's almost but Seinfeldian.
0: It is. You know.
1: But it but the you know you it you kinda have to look at it from a multiple you can never look at something from one perspective. Yes, that is an atrocious I mean, that is a a very obvious uh transgression on his part with throwing the the rosin sack and hitting the you know the umpire's foot and then you know giving everyone the finger as he walks off the field and ripping bases out
0: i mean that is for us that's just called tuesday i mean yeah
1: i mean that is an extreme example of bad sportsmanship but you you almost hope that he can look back on that and hopefully, and I don't know the the aftermath or what exactly happened since then, or what he's doing now. I don't know if you know.
0: He's, he's probably uh, testing uh, rosin bags for their <laughs> their velocity. Uh, <laughs> you know, at when being thrown aerodynamics. Like Absolutely. Listen, this is serious <laughs> stuff here. Okay. But
1: but the the point I'm trying to make is that I can look back on that and laugh a little bit. Um. And you almost want to, you almost want to, you almost want to think that he's learned from that, and maybe he can look back on that and kind of think, like, boy, I was, I was a real idiot.
0: Now let me let me take you in a, in another step, which I think is very important. If I didn't know you mm-hmm. and I saw that you had posted that, yeah, I would react probably in one way to say you are furthering poor sportsmanship. Right. Okay. But because right. I know you yes. and because I know the discussions that we have had about this, mm-hmm. I know that by you posting it there is a facetious nature to it mm-hmm. to to almost laugh at what's going on here and to But hope, to also demonstrate don't a do A bad this. example. Yeah, exactly. And so there are there are plenty of right. real reasons and good reasons why we are you- a
1: living testament to right. how things can be taken
0: In certain situations,
1: so the purpose now that I do it is to show, hey, let's not act like this, right? You know, yes, it's it's it can be it can be looked at as kind of comical, which it is, but let's not do this.
0: When you post it, do you add any sort of caption that says something like that? I haven't
1: posted it in a few years.
0: Okay, maybe Um, you should do that this year. Post it when baseball season approaches with Mm -hmm. that type of a caption, and let's see what kind of a reaction we get. Or, or
1: something like asking a
0: question. Yeah, like start the conversation.
1: What do you think of this? Or, don't let this happen to you. Right, that sort of thing. Yeah, don't be a statistic. Right, you know, um, it's it is such an extreme, and that example. And here's the thing about the media, (laughs) and they're going going off topic, but. ESPN held their 10 top meltdowns of what year was that? 2014, something like that. 1981. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. It was something, it was within the last 10 years. Like the top, and that was number, I think that was number two or number one. And they kept playing it over and over and over again. The media is in a very extraordinary position where it can spin that as a, okay, yeah, it's funny, but at the same time, let's look at this and, and say, Hey, this is not ultimately, this is not cool during the course of a competition. Or are they look just looking at this for, Oh, this is fun. More people should do this sort of
0: thing. Or this is going to get more viewers to the television right. set for us.
1: Yeah. So I guess in a weird way, I kind of did that at first to accomplish the same goal, but for a slightly different ultimate reason, like, okay, you really shouldn't act like this. Right. And I want people to see it. So they're like, yeah, this is an extreme example um, of poor sportsmanship. I mean, a comical and poor example of sport of sportsmanship. But when it comes down to it, just enjoy the game. Don't, act like this you know it's okay to joke about something like this outside the context and after it happens especially for whom it happened to or the person that affected it in this case phil wellman you would almost hope that he can kind of see this and say man i was a i was an idiot
0: you and me can joke about things in a way that we could not joke about on this podcast that goes right. out to the world. Right, Phil, in his, in this case, could mm-hmm. do the same thing. He, If he was here with us today, mm-hmm. the three of us could probably joke about it and talk about it, mm-hmm. but the moment we step outside of the confines of the privacy of our home right. and we go into the public sector, right. now all of a sudden yeah. we have there are different rules for that game. Right,
1: exactly. Um, so it's just a matter of... You you know you got you kind of have to know the person, and this and that requires research. It requires forethought and planning, and you know, getting to know someone. You know you can't just. Words are very powerful. I will not deny that. Okay, but words without context don't really mean much. If you're not you know if you just automatically if you automatically assume right because that can lead to an explosive spread of misinformation and what it's all about it's not so much the information you get it's what you do with it right it's it's you know when i see a news story that i'm not sure about well let's check the headline let's check the author let's check the source let's cross-reference with something else that has a similar, can you find a similar story right. from another news source? You know, there's a ch- there's a laundry list of checkboxes that you can, you know, go through when you're looking, when you're, you know, trying to assess whether a story
0: is real or not. I literally just did this last night in some of my seminarian studies. We were discussing, I was reading a book about it. When we look at, trying to figure out reading can you believe that i read wow i know i mean i don't read i know you don't believe me i know yeah it's difficult it's very tough for you yeah yeah but anyway go ahead we were we were looking at the idea of how do we know the validity or the probability of certain things that would have happened uh in the accounts uh, uh written down in scripture Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we look to, to validate that is to see, well, how many times was this recorded in, in history? You know, how, how many, you know, if, if this, if different people wrote this down within different accounts, the chances of it happening increase, you know, uh, you look at uh, some of the stories in the Gospels. And you see, wow. Okay, this story is found in all four gospels. Uh, the chances of it having uh, actually occurred are probably slightly more than if it was only found in one gospel. In which case, then we start to believe eh, it may have served a different purpose rather than a literal re- retelling of history. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same thing here with with our news cycle. In that, if an event occurs and we can verify the reporting of this from three or four different major news uh, outlets without the the spin of opinion put on it then all of a sudden we start to say okay this is something to that might might have validity in it and right. we have to, we can we can take this
1: and not that I'm an expert in the bible or anything right but in my view... Okay, Tim McCarver. <laughs> uh, it's not so much about what happened, it's what we can learn from it. Right. You know, so even if you found a particular event that was across multiple gospels, if you take even a, a, a wider view of it and say, has it happened across multiple religions? Right. Did it happen in the Quran?
0: Right. Because you, did it you, happen in the Torah? You can see that in many of the uh, New Testament accounts, what was happening. And again, this is not meant to go off the rails of a of a religious discussion, but mm-hmm. you can see that well, this is more theological. Yeah. Uh, some of the Gospels were written in ways to hearken back to the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. To show uh, a a primarily Jewish audience at the time of the writings of these gospels, uh, how how Jesus uh, related to uh, Moses, mm-hmm. you know, basically they 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 arranged it in a way to try to, and I don't want to say persuade, but to show the importance of this historical figure in a way that their audience could understand. So that's why you can draw connections between, uh, you know, the 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 Jewish liturgical calendar, for example, and the gospels uh, that were written for Jewish audiences, such as uh, Matthew and Luke, to see the connections. You see it in the order in which the stories were were, were put in the in the texts and whatnot, mm. and you can draw these connections. And so j- there you go. I mean, there was a, a story. I was reading the book that I'm reading right now that had this argument about the you know the sources and whatnot is called How Jesus Became God by Bart Ehrman, who is a, uh, a, 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 a historical religious scholar. I believe I want to say he's in the Carolina somewhere, right? Now. I want to say North mm-hmm. Carolina, um, and he showed that you know the idea, you know, the template that they followed. Uh, w- within the, within Scripture for the you know the life and account of Jesus was actually very similar to other accounts of of different people within like the Greco Roman world. I think the I think one person that they referenced was a was a uh, a Greek figure called apollonius and basically the similarities in his story mirror that. Of the similarities of the story of Jesus, and and so you know you start to see that, and you say, well, why is this happening that way?
1: Do you think that? Not to get too into the weeds with this, I
0: that's the second time you I like said weeds that. today, don't you? Yeah. Are you going to do my landscaping later?
1: Um, maybe okay. when it gets warmer. And by landscaping, I mean swinging a golf club and hitting the grass. I want you to go, go outside so and pick up the
0: leaves right now. It's too cold. Oh my God.
1: Um, Anyway, maybe that's how, because you have different versions of the Bible, right? You have the St. James Bible. There are, there are, I mean, you have so many, so many many different, the Thomas Jefferson version. There are a lot
0: of different translations.
1: But, but, but you almost have to kind of respect the fact that things have sort of been, you you tell a story from what, 5,000 years ago. Or three thousand years ago, depending on
0: numbers of you know, your Testament, strong suit. And, yeah. yeah,
1: I don't know numbers, math, reading. You know, things can af- can influence. You know, like you said, a what was the name? Apollos, uh, Apollineus. apostrophe, apostrophe, Apollineus. Yeah, maybe some of the some of the things that happened to him. Maybe new interpretations of the Bible were were as a a result of his adventures. Well, look
0: at just look at the fact that so many of the uh, accounts in Scripture were part of oral tradition before they were even written down. You're playing a giant game of telephone. Yeah, you know, Um, you're gonna you know the story's going to adapt. It's it's that's what they were doing at the Last Supper. It was all a giant game of telephone. It was that was it was kind of a party game right. to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's the that's that's the truth. And we look at how some of these stories are altered to fit a narrative, mm-hmm. uh, much in the same way that it happens in our media today. Uh, I always go back to, and I hate to rag on them, but I will. Uh, I I go back to the Daily Show and how. Uh, as it moved farther and farther left, uh, you know, the the accounts that were reported on that show, albeit, you know, they fully admitted it was satire,
1: mm-hmm.
0: were clearly changes in the narrative in order to fit their purpose. And they made it abundantly clear, we are entertainment, we are not news. Mm-hmm. And yet, how many people oh my god are getting their news from the daily show right
1: moreover how many people on the other side of the aisle are getting so pissed off about it right that they're actively attacking the john stewart right. and 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 the daily show and, and have, now to, trevor be, noah. And have yeah. to be and have re- to be yeah now trevor noah and have to be reminded it's a joke right it's th- this isn't This isn't real, right? Like we are. I mean, it. Take a step back, right? You know,
0: and really, and again, I'm not here to take a side one way or the other, but it it really emphasizes the need for people who are fans of that show to do their research and to see how the show began. And how it developed to what it is now. If you go back and watch episodes from the late '90s when Craig Kilborn was the host, you will see a completely different show. Or even early John Stewart. Even yes, you know, like pre-9/11 John Stewart right. was so much along the same lines. That, mm-hmm. You know that it wasn't until much later that. You know the 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 uh, administration changed. You know mm-hmm. behind the scenes of that show, and it became an outlet of political satire. And I guess to kind of wrap it up with sportsmanship, the question becomes: Do you? You know, do is it you know do you place fault anywhere is the fault on the on the people for not realizing that this isn't meant to be a serious news outlet or is the fault on the news outlet for not realizing although we are satire and comedy people are watching us and perceiving us as news thus what do we have to do to remind people how to consume our product it's like anybody who decides to consume a drug that they take for a reason that it's not meant to be intended. You know, I take Zyrtec to fall asleep at night. It's an allergy medication. Right. You, you, what are you doing? You know, so so, you know, it, it's something. It's something like that. Right. You know, um, you just. You know, I I I just I, I scratch my head sometimes, but I think the purpose is well. Again, it's it's. It's the
1: infor- It's not so much the information as much as it is what you do with it,
0: right? And how we, as we can pull back and kind of circle back around here, can realize how we perceive it. How you know what kind of uh, choice or 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 second chance we give to those people for whatever their situation might be, whether it be that's their goal or they they you know act in a you know a, a way that they're not proud and we have to forgive them and you know. It's so gray, and it, it begs the question of further discussion, uh, because there is no right or wrong. We, I mean, we've, we've started this show, this episode, talking about a 10-year-old who started a sportsmanship organization, and it led us to the discussion of politics. You know, I mean, that's, that is how deeply connected all of these things are, you know? I just
1: thought of the name of the episode. What's that? Let's not get too much in the weeds with this
0: okay (laughs) all right
1: or into the weeds we go
0: into it's like into the woods but into the weeds
1: into the weeds okay
0: yeah Yeah, okay there you go i was gonna call it good sports rock it's now gonna be into the weeds yeah because we have just
1: gone into the weeds i'd
0: like to apologize to brendan myself
1: but also What a great inspiration.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, I think a good way to put a bow on this, as, you, see what you're doing. as you always, uh, as you always say at the end of every episode is, you know, th- it, the smallest act um, that you witness could be the impetus for an organization to grow or to start and then grow. Um, you're always learning. And we're humans. We're going to make mistakes. It's how you recover from the mistake and what you do with the information. Right. So content is irrelevant. It's the action that
0: matters. And the interpretation.
1: Right. So I think think that's the theme. Yeah. It's not so much the content. It's the interpretation and the action.
0: Just like how Brendan you know, would sum it up is to mm-hmm. say that it's not the fact that you may have act, acted like a poor sport. It's the fact that you have the ability to rectify that, Right. you know, that, that would be the, the, the example.
1: Just like, and just like the Phil Wellman example, Yep. I can take that now as something comedic, but also use it as a cautionary tale Right. or me blowing up a trivia. Right. I can look back at that and laugh and be like, boy, that was dumb. Right. And, but again, saying, Oh yeah, that's not that's not cool. Um, let's not let's you know it'll. I'll try to keep my composure right. in the future, right? You know, it's so long as you can acknowledge that. Yeah, that was kind of dumb, right? You know, that's the important thing, right?
0: I agree, and I think and, and 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 kudos to you for having the ability to do that because I don't think that that is a very easy thing for people to do sometimes. I think that some people have the, just, for whatever reason, there's something deeper beneath the surface where they say something like that affects me because mm-hmm. I realize I made a mistake and I'm embarrassed by that. And some people, like you, have the ability to laugh at that, right. and that's a beautiful thing. And other people struggle with that. Yeah, you know. And I think that's I think it's equally as important to say we need to be on our toes to realize that when someone doesn't have the ability to laugh at their own mistake like that we shouldn't judge them for a result for that right. we we should be respectful for them because they might realize this was a serious mistake and i don't want to i don't want to just brush it off like it was nothing mm-hmm. you know what you did in your specific example was uh, you know we we laugh at that now oh
1: i make fun of myself all the time it's,
0: but and and it just does not hold the same weight because right. it's just it's free trivia we're having fun right. you know all these different things whereas someone else might make a mistake like domestic violence Mm -hmm. we can't just laugh that off you know so but we shouldn't be judging people when they you know because they they once they realize they made a mistake and they have the there's a chance
1: for redemption
0: exactly exactly i don't have anything else i think we did it all yeah okay uh i'm hungry i kind of am too so we're gonna get some lunch probably um i hope that in future episodes because we we've started this um trend of acknowledging other people we're going to work on getting some some interviews going and uh we're going to bring you some really interesting content in the near future so maybe
1: we'll talk with brendan one day
0: don't make me pick up the phone (laughs) i'm going to pick up the phone (laughs) all right well, that's enough for now. Um, hope everybody enjoys uh, the remainder of their January. And uh, before you know it, uh, it'll be baseball season. Thank God.
1: Look out for that Phil Wellman uh, post.
0: Yeah. Watch out for flying rosin bags. Yeah. Which is also the title of my upcoming autobiography. Make sure your bases are grounded. Electrically?
1: Or just. Yeah. Okay. Maybe? No. Or they just, don't have the third prong. Or just. That you can't lift them off out of the ground.
0: Kind of like putting concrete in there. Yeah. With no give. Okay, this is going weird. All right, anyway, uh, once again, uh, Thawne. Sh- I almost said Sean. I was going to say Sean, thank you. I went Thawne, shank you. Oh, gosh. That's Yes. That's awful. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, thank you.
1: And Thak. jank you
0: this podcast is now rated m for immature
1: <laughs> all of them are going to oh, be now uh, we might as even well even if we don't
0: it's just it just for mature audiences only because we're so stupid right oh man um as always check us out online osafoundation.org submit your stories of sportsmanship there we'd love to talk to you be sure to uh subscribe rate uh review stars the whole nine Uh, uh, email us podcast at osipfoundation.org facebook.com slash osipfoundation twitter and instagram at osipfoundation hashtag how you play the game until next time treat each other with respect how you play the game is a production of the Foundation, incorporated the producer engineer of this episode is sean ryan music by soundspring studio the executive producer of how you play the game is jack furlong for more information visit osipfoundation.org